0: Greetings from the void, and welcome to another special episode for Chronic Media Consumption. This time around, we're going to be focusing on a single topic rather than kind of ping-ponging all over as we have in the
1: past, but as usual, I am Michelle. I am Kelly, and we have a guest speaker today with us. Introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. I am
0: Chrissy. And these two are the experts for Psychonauts. They have played all the different versions. They are wanting to just gush about a little bit more. I am a novice who hasn't really had opportunity to play, so I'm going to be the layman. Just kind of looking in from the outside.
2: I don't know if I'd call myself an expert, a fan certainly, but...
0: Well, you're you're more you're further to expert than I am expertise takes hours of practice and I have zero hours so
1: <laughs> and Lord knows I have played psychonauts one many many times
2: <laughs> yeah you you I, you I could call an expert probably because you, you you probably know like every single pixel of the first game
1: probably I won't I won't say yes but maybe. <laughs> I think the first thing that we should start with is, let's go over, what was Psychonauts 1? Psychonauts 1 was a video game that came out in 2005. It was considered an indie game because it wasn't super, super popular at first. It was a a cult favorite, but it was not
2: very popular.
1: Yeah, it had a, a cult following. I know I remember talking about it to people, and they would just stare at me like, what? But it was such a fun game. Essentially, the idea behind the game is you are playing a 10-year-old kid named Raz, or Rasputin. He's run away from his family's circus and infiltrated a psychic summer camp where they're training... Young kids with psychic powers to harness those psychic powers and eventually become what's called a psychonaut. Someone who helps battle in psychic war or whatever. Basically a a psychic
2: secret agent. And Raz himself is a a gifted young psychic.
1: And it's really interesting. The art style is unusual, I want to say. It's got a slight tim burton-esque quality to it i've always found Mm
0: -hmm. it's definitely a little you wouldn't really call them cute normally you'd be like this is a slightly disturbing view (laughs) but somehow they always they, they had some draw to them they're they're not quite uncanny valley they're they're still appealing
1: they're yeah they're very stylistic caricature type characters but this was back in the era of when they were really starting to get into 3d video games Mm -hmm. and the animation style i thought was really really interesting
0: it has some similarities to ratchet and clank at least to me a
1: little bit Mm. platformer wise i think yes Mm -hmm. yeah there i i as somebody who's
2: played both games i can say that platforming-wise, certainly. There, there is some difference, I'd say, in combat, and I'd say that there's a little bit more puzzle-solving in Psychonauts.
0: Well, yeah, I was purely speaking of this from like their appearance-wise, but yeah. Their,
2: their appearance, okay.
1: Yeah, As far as, as far as their appearance, they're similar. I mean, I think they came out around the same general time period, but Psychonauts 1 is very near and dear to our hearts. We started playing that. Goodness, I had just graduated college, and Chrissy, you were still in high school, right? Yes, I was. So when we were playing it on our PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. at home, oh my goodness, it was, it was just so interesting because the colors, the, the design of the levels was so psychedelic and far out. There's an entire level that is called Black Velvetopia. It is... All hyper-colored, as if you are living in a black velvet painting from the 70s. And it is fantastic. My favorite, my favorite level is the Milkman level. My milk is delicious. So essentially, the premise of this game is, after you have entered into this psychic summer camp, you are given only a day to stay there, because they're calling your parents, you don't have permission to be here, blah, blah, blah. They're going to kick you out. But you uncover a secret conspiracy where children are getting kidnapped and de-brained. Ooh! And when I say de-brained, I mean you eventually see them walking around going TV hacky Hockey sack, sack. <laughs> and like if they look in be- in your ear hole, they can see straight through. It's that kind of quirkiness. And so you, because you have discovered this you are the only one that can help fight against the threat and start to uncover this mystery and figure out what's going on. And you do that by traveling inside other people's minds and encountering all of their, their inner demons, as it were.
2: You, you basically traverse their mindscapes in very surreal levels. Hmm.
0: So are you dealing with their, their fears and concerns and trying to like solve those? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Most, most of the levels you are actually confronting some sort of specific trauma that they've experienced or just some insecurity that they're feeling. And that usually manifests as the, the final boss of the level.
0: This sounds way deeper. It's almost like therapy.
2: Yeah, in a way. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, some of the people that you, whose minds you go into are actually in an insane asylum, and they seem much better after you've come back out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's fascinating. Your kind of training level when you're in the camp is you're going into the camp counselors' minds, so they teach you the basics. Yeah, in fact, one of the first brains you go into is your basic braining level, is what they call it, instead of basic training.
2: Yeah, there's basic braining, learning about psi blast, which is sort of a, a psychic bullet that you can shoot out of your head, and levitation, which is probably one of the best powers in the game.
1: It is um, essential. It is necessary. It is the best part. Okay. <laughs> I, love, can, I love the levitation ball. It's amazing. <laughs>
2: to describe it to you, Michelle, basically it's this um, sort of like a, a little glowing ball that the the campers and Raz can like, roll around on and they can bounce really high with it and if you're like jumping somewhere if you like he can like hold it upwards and it sort of acts like a balloon to slow his descent
1: hmm. yeah it's it's fantastic it's a great tool and it's once you get it it's super necessary for a completion of a lot of the levels. There are, are aspects of the game where there's like what looks like a wind coming up from somewhere and if you have your levitation ball out and jump onto that wind, it lifts you up to high places that you couldn't reach before. So it is probably the most necessary power in the game and I think it's it I'm really I was very happy to see that they they kept it in the new one. with with Psychonauts one, it was really fascinating because it's all basically in one day. Everything happens in one full day.
0: Wow, protracted and time frame there.
1: Yeah. You have all this time during the day to complete all of these different tasks. You have it's a fairly open world because you're going around this summer camp, all of the different locations, the parking lot, the lake, etc. And psycho isolation chamber. Yes, and even this like hidden area underground. But it's it's super nifty the way that they've designed the levels because they're they're all necessary to kind of give you insights to the people that you're interacting with. They give you a way to level up. You're literally collecting figments of their imagination. You're helping them sort their emotional baggage by finding their luggage tags and then putting them with the corresponding luggage (laughs) that's crying somewhere in the level. Okay. Yes, the luggage actually does cry. That's how you find out where they are, because you'll be like walking through and suddenly you hear
2: (laughs) that always bothered me. I always found that uncomfortable. I'm just like
1: know where your tag is i'm sorry yeah it's it's pretty uncomfortable but when you do find it you get this cute little animation of the tag and the bag just being so happy and reuniting and being just so wonderful it's it's such a quirky game i love it and i wish more people knew about it
0: well this is going to be a platform for us to definitely get more people at least a few people listening to us to know about it
1: (laughs) yeah it's still available if you have like the any PlayStation's or Xboxes. I think you can still buy them digitally. They're so much fun. Well, the good news is
2: that Psychonauts Two so far seems to be doing very well. Yay! I know that it's available on Xbox Game Pass, which is how I was able to play it. So people are certainly having it show up when they when they browse that. So I would imagine that a lot more people are learning about it. Hmm.
1: Of the three of us, since Chrissy and I have played both Psychonauts one and two, I'm the actually the only person that's played the in between game, Psychonauts one point five, which is a VR game called The Rhombus of Ruin.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a VR headset, but I did watch a playthrough
1: of it on YouTube, so I do know what happens. And if you eventually come to visit me, you can definitely play on mine. It might really be sick. <laughs> you don't know. It's a very short game, but mm-hmm. it gives you insight. It's literally it picks up exactly where the end of Psychonauts one leaves off. You're in a plane. You've discovered all of the things, the conspiracy that was leading up to, like why all of the kids were being debrained, who was behind it all. You've solved the mystery. You've defeated everything. Blah blah blah. And then at the very end, you board a plane to go back to Psychonauts headquarters because you find out that apparently the head of the Psychonauts has disappeared and you don't know what's going on. And so away you go, you and your psychic camp counselors off to Psychic headquarters to find out what's happening. Psychonauts 1.5 picks up right from there. You're on the plane and you are going to try and figure out what's going on. And the plane crashes. At one point, and you have to rescue your camp counselors because they have been spread all over the place. And it's a co- almost completely different gameplay. You have some of the same powers. The powers that you get from Psychonauts one: it's a levitation ball, psi blast, telekinesis, where you can move things with your mind, pyrokinesis, where you can burn stuff. You have a clairvoyance, where you can go into other people's or things' minds, invisibility, shield, and confusion grenade. What am I missing? Grenade. Confusion grenade. Is that, is that everything? Did I miss anything?
2: Pretty much. I mean, you know, I already mentioned the sidelines.
1: I'm pretty sure. So in the VR one, you don't get access to all of that. You get access to just a handful of the stuff because they wanted to limit it. It's a much shorter game you're not actually able to do anything yourself because you are strapped to a chair and can't move. So everything that you do, you have to do by going into other people's minds and then bamfing into the next person's mind and the next person's mind and the next person's mind, next person's mind to try and solve where you are, what's happening, who's doing this, how do I get out? Fascinating. And you do find the head of the psychonauts. He is there, he is held captive, he's got his head in this big metal thing so that he can't be reached psychically. It's it's a weird, it's hard to explain for somebody who hasn't seen it because it's just so freakishly quirky.
0: <laughs> no, it sounds intriguing, and I think you know, it's a good use of the the VR because, you know, being able to poured around through people's brains that's actually a really clever use of the technology that we have at the moment i I get a sense that psychonauts continually has those little clever moments i mean the the main character's name is rasputin which i mean come on like russian wizard of like crazy renown that's pretty
2: that's pretty funny
1: yeah Yeah, although his name is spelled with a z instead of an s (laughs)
2: Of course. And what I find amazing is just, just not that we're on it yet, but in Psychonauts 2, like that name seems to get a whole lot more meaningful.
1: It's so cool because he's got the circus background. So he is very acrobatic, which allows him to reach things that other people can't in the game. Okay. So like he's doing crazy flips. He does like anytime there's like a swinging trapeze, he's able to use it while other characters can't. It's he picks up things faster. Because not only does he do physical gymnastics, but he does mental gymnastics.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. So since you guys have played both versions, what are some of like the marked differences you've noticed from number one to number two? Like improvements, things you miss?
2: Well, first off, we can start, I think, with talking about the graphics. The The graphics have gotten a, a lot Smoother, like more defined, but they still managed to retain the original aesthetic, I would say, which was something that I greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah, I was I was concerned. I mean, because we've got it's been 15, 16 years since the first game was released. And you look at the difference in the animation styles. Just it's very, very jarring seeing the two different styles like back to back just based on the graphics quality alone but you can still it, they're 100% easily recognizable. They have the same shapes and everything. They just seem a little bit more defined. They seem a little bit more like almost they seem almost like clay figures, like stop motion clay figures. Animation, interesting. Yeah. in the new the new game to me.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're for, for lack of a better word, I'd say they're fleshier. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Okay. You
0: can sink your teeth into them.
1: As far as the the gameplay, oh, no. what what I liked about the first one was that when you're inside the people's minds, you're you're sorting emotion, emotional baggage, you're finding figments and you're going up against things called censors. So there are these little little businessmen with glasses that come out and they have stamps that say no and they literally go no, No. 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 No no no. They,
0: so they, they try to beat you up so they're basically the seagulls in finding nemo just saying no instead
1: yeah basically yeah but like i love i loved the the aesthetic in the second one we have more than just the sensors coming at you and you see it right off the bat when you first start playing you're going up against a bunch of other types of of things, you're going up against regrets. You're going up against doubts. panic attacks, anxiety, doubts, mm. yes. bad ideas, bad ideas, bad moods. It's really fascinating how they upped the gameplay and they they brought it to a completely other level with the mental aspects that they're going into, as well as you know bringing you to a new location because you are now in the Psychonauts headquarters. It's literally been three days. You get to the Psychic Summer Camp and you play through in one full day. You get on the plane, you go to Rhombus of Ruin in 1.5 and play through that and that's another day. And then the third day you arrive at the headquarters and you play through that and that's also one day. Wow. And the fact that it's been 16 years to play through three different days consecutively. I love that. I was a little disappointed that they did not include shield and invisibility as some of the powers that you could use in this new game, because I thought that they were very, very powerful, and they were very useful. I got very, very upset every time I kept getting hit. I was like, where is my shield? Mm-hmm. I want my shield! Yeah, Stop hitting my, me! Yeah, my
2: my two issues were First off, I felt that the combat was much more like you couldn't even take a second to really just figure out what you were doing. You were constantly getting hit. And the other part was they significantly nerfed the levitation ball. Mm. In the oh, in the yeah. first in the first game, like you could just roll and just like fly halfway across the current landscape that you were occupying and then float down indefinitely until you touch ground and in this one your your bounce is like maybe half a foot off the ground and as you float after about 5 to 10 seconds the balloon pops and you fall yeah and i'm just like Where's my floaty floaty?
1: (laughs) I ended up having to reserve it a lot. So if I was falling from a great height, I would not hit my levitation ball until I was like much closer to the ground. (laughs) Because at that point I knew like if I slow myself now, I know I'm not going to get hurt when I hit the ground. If I don't use it at all or if I if I use it up at the beginning of the fall, then I'm still going to hit the ground with too much force and get hurt.
0: So it may yeah. have actually been an intentional thing for them to encourage more strategy.
2: Still,
1: don't I just fell like
2: a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha.
1: Yeah, I was, still, I was still upset. I was like, why can't I just hold on? I loved one of my favorite things was just being somewhere high and jumping off and just la, 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 floating down on my hyper-colored balloon ball. Like, <laughs> I loved it. But they did, they really did nerf it. It wasn't fun. But I'm sure they had their reasons. And I, I did like that the new things that you were fighting against, the fears, the anxieties, all of those things, they require different powers in order to stop them. Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. However, when you're being attacked by all of them, you exactly. don't have the ability to have every single power equipped at once. You can only have four powers equipped at once, and you get nine you have nine different powers. Yeah, I so, felt that was very
2: disruptive to the gameplay.
0: Well, overall, I mean, the stuff I've seen about the newer version, because I've, I've looked into that since we were going to do this episode. I've heard that the level design has been very well done, that they, oh, yes. they thought about everything you're going to see. They've paced it really well. They have a lot of good use of the, you know, newer technology that they have that they didn't have 15, 16 years ago and are kind of fully immersing you into that. Is is that something you've seen
2: as well? They brought the surrealism to a whole other level in this one. Yeah.
1: It was a beautiful game. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like you still had you still had the open world part of it, where in the first one you had the summer camp and the buildings that you were in in the summer camp, going into all of those, and in this one you had the headquarters and the outlying like woods, and there's a campground nearby called the Questionable Area, um, <laughs> okay. which,
2: which almost seems like it's meant to be an homage to Gravity Falls in its own way.
1: Also I think it has a reference to what is what was it called in Supernatural the spot oh the mystery spot was basically spot. mystery spot thank you that's what I got from it is that this was a play on the mystery spot it's the questionable area okay and so all of the things they're like oh are these trees and it's like yeah yeah they're trees why are you asking that as a question <laughs> what <laughs> Like, there's signs posted out all over the questionable area that are directing you to different locations. And nothing ends in a period. Everything ends in a question mark. It's all question marks. You are now leaving the questionable area? Okay. Interesting. Don't feed the wildlife? (laughs) Like... Why? What is happening? It it was it had that open world aspect. You did have parts of it that you couldn't unlock until you achieved something. But what I thought was really cool are the different minds that we were entering this time. They definitely kicked it up a notch. They definitely amped it up. And it was so fascinating. I know Chrissy and I both, I think, had the same reaction to when we were in the the mind. What was it called originally? The one with just the, the spot. Jack Black voiced the character, but it's just the glowing ball.
2: Sensorium? Sensorium? Psyking okay. Sensorium.
1: Ah, yeah, the Psyking. The Psyking mind was so interesting because it starts off like this beautiful galaxy. You see thousands and thousands and thousands of stars, and you're standing on what looks like this like mirrored black ink like pool and just wandering through the darkness and then suddenly you enter this this like something from Sergeant Pepper's lonely hearts club band. Ooh. like it's it's totally sixties hippie era. Amazing bright colors. The the style of the animation is one hundred percent straight up from the sixties.
0: Okay. Like the
1: rods the rods and cones in, in my eyeballs were, were hurting. It was so colorful. <laughs> Mine were happy. Mine were like, oh you know <laughs> Mine were happy too, but 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 you know it was it was happy pain, you know? <laughs> uh, like wow. it hurts, but it feels good. <laughs> and and it was so it was so weird too because there are points where you have to avoid flapping tongues. Oh, you're, uh, you're,
0: okay. Ugh. you're
1: literally in this brain, you're literally traveling through the five different senses. Okay. So sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste. Got and as you're going through this area, and it's beautiful rainbow hypercolor, you have these parts where there are like, these open mouths with these tongues that are going flat, 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 that you have to slow them down with your mind in order to get past them. And it's really weird and kind of gross, but also awesome. It <laughs> sounds fully
0: psychedelic, like... Somebody who was having a trip when they were coming up with this.
1: Oh yeah, it definitely there. Uh, there actually is a quote mm-hmm. where Rasputin picks up one of these. It looks like kind of like a jawbreaker. And he picks up this this jawbreaker, and if he's holding on to it a little longer, he says, "I feel like I shouldn't hold this for very long. It's making me feel kind of funny." Oh, oh, okay. I, they have and- a couple of drug jokes in
2: in that particular. Level like there's one part where there's a, a high up cliff and and the, the, the little Psy king that says yeah they used to go up there to get high and then they just sort of pan up like the joke is oh yeah literally high.
1: And- <laughs> it's it's so fun. It's really a pretty pretty game and I could see kids enjoying it but there's also very much an adult aspect to it. I feel like this. This game was almost more adult than the last one, even though you're still playing a ten-year-old kid. Well, I but... tell you
2: what, like just speaking of the Sensorium, was just the fact that, and you know, I know that this is a, a spoiler episode anyway, but just you know, big big spoiler here. You know, when they when they show that like the side king is in fact uh, helmet full bear. And that he was in a romantic relationship with Bob Zanotto, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cute, and it's representation, and yay!
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> representation of the wing wang, and this one, it was great. It and was he, so cute. That was that just, was the ship that we both were like, it's <laughs> so cute. Like
2: that that made up a lot for for the lack of development with Sasha and Mia. I'm I'm just like. I'm just like, I'm not getting anything from you guys. I'm going to have to focus on them for a while. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to put you guys on the back burner for a minute. And just, just like, he he said, my Bobby.
1: Oh, that's so cute. Oh, goodness. It is, I thought it was really cool because, like, we start this one off. We've recovered the head of, of the Psychonauts, Truman Zanotto, who is the father of our quote-unquote girlfriend, Lily, another 10-year-old from the Psychic Summer Camp. He's acting funny. He's been poisoned by silerium, which is this, this stuff that uh, like leeches away your psychic powers. It's the bizarro version
2: of citanium, which is a mineral that is discovered in the first game that's supposed to focus and amplify psychic energy. It's a big part of the lore in the first Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. The reason why the camp is built where it is is because there's a huge motherlode of the stuff and it helps amplifies the kids' abilities. And it's also the reason why there's insane asylum nearby is because in non-psychic people, if they have, like an unstable mental state, it also drives people like more crazy.
0: Awesome. Exactly. What and Silurium <laughs> is,
2: is sort of like the opposite of that where it like drains the psychic energy.
0: Okay. And it makes sense that they would have that kind of effect that otherwise, you know, I mean, if they had it in the first game, cool. But I just am I'm impressed with these creators. It seems like they've really thought about all of this and have done a, a pretty good job of executing on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tim Tim Schaefer is the the director, basically of the Psychonauts. Like he's he's the one who wrote it, and he is a legend in the game industry. He has been involved in so many games that have been considered to be masterpieces in their own time. I have played a few of them. Would you um, say that he is a brutal legend? Ha ha ha, <laughs> ha 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 Michelle, in case you don't know, that's the name of one of the games that Double Fine and Tim Schafer created. Okay.
0: I did not know. So I appreciate the insight. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. You're so funny.
2: That's actually the... You know, we were talking about Jack Black being in this level earlier. That was actually a game where he played the main character. But, you know, we're we're here to talk about Psychonauts. So we won't go into my spiel about Brutal Legend, which is another one of the Tim Schafer games I love. But, yeah, Brutal Legend, Grim Fandango, a less-known title that I enjoy, which is more just a puzzle game, is Stacking, which involves Matryoshka dolls, like Russian nesting dolls. I love and those like, things. Yeah, and it's you should check it out it's an interesting concept i won't go into that very much right now he was also involved in the the monkey island series
0: oh god i love monkey and, island
2: yeah he was involved in like he used to be like big with lucas arts and stuff like that and i don't exactly know the precise history of like when it went from lucas arts to double fine and all that stuff but he was you know he is you know he is a legend in the industry and
1: he is probably my favorite. He's, he's done a lot, and when you see him speak, if you've seen any of the YouTube videos where he talks about Psychonauts 2, it's really interesting to see him really get jazzed about the game.
0: Oh, that's cool. I, I love when some the creators are super excited about it.
2: Yeah, I would say that Psychonauts is definitely one of the games that is that I would imagine is probably one of his like his babies. Like that's that's one of the ones that he put his heart and soul into. I agree. Yeah. But it does seem
1: like he puts a bit of his heart and soul into like every game that he makes, at least all the ones that I've played are brilliant. And, and I'll say what I thought was really interesting is Psychonauts one, you play it, you don't know what you're expecting, and it takes you for a loop. Almost literally because the <laughs> the milkman conspiracy level in that like you're playing in a suburbia. Like it feels like 1950s suburbia, where you have the little cul-de-sac and the little cookie-cutter houses and everything, except the street is not flat. It loops up and around. It curves. It's like doing all this this weird, mazy stuff. And so you... it's kind
0: of like Escher-esque. Yeah,
1: yes, I was literally thinking that. As it, it's, it's like Escher meets a hamster wheel. It's just <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Because you're following the gravity of the street, so if your feet are on the street, you're like that's your baseline, that's your horizon. But you can see it, like Inception. You can see the gravity, the the buildings going above you, and mm-hmm. if you just walk along the same street, you'll eventually be upside down. And it's really fascinating the way that that was done in the new one. I was actually taken aback right at the beginning. It gives you a warning. Okay. And the warning is telling you that it's going to be going into some very interesting mental issues that it's going to be going into things like depression, things like anxiety and to say that like we're going to be talking about this, we're going to be approaching a lot of this in different ways and just to give you a heads up, it's almost like a trigger warning. That's really It's, it's exactly a trigger warning. Yeah
0: that's great that they're doing that because the more you guys were talking about this the more i was like huh this is this is some deep stuff <laughs> it
1: really is the the characters that you interact with in the first game have some really weird mental traumas the the guy that did the black velvetopia he's suffering from kind of a dissociative identity disorder because he is both the person, the romantic, who is longing for his lost love, and he's also the evil bull running through the streets that is keeping him from her. But it's definitely a broken heart that he's dealing with, and he's obsessing over this this girl that broke his heart in high school. And then you've got the woman who suffered from parental abuse, who was forced into Acting like stardom, childhood stardom at a very young age and like sent off to this horrible boarding school to teach her to be this great ballerina, great actress, great everything and to harness her, her inner star. And it broke her like she was like, this is my my whole purpose. And the one bad review she got, the one bad review she got destroyed her. And when she actually did start to actually become more famous than her mother, her
2: mother's jealousy got so bad that the, the mother killed herself. And just that became another source of trauma. That's a yep. lot to put on a kid.
1: Yeah. And so each of these people the the milkman in particular he's he's schizophrenic paranoid schizophrenic so he suffers from delusions he has this whole conspiracy of this milkman being behind everything and it gets him locked up to where he thinks that everyone is out to get him he the only way that he can stop the voices in his head, is to kill everything with fire. (laughs) So, a milk cocktail. In the newer one, we see things like loss of self in Psyking. He starts off as an amorphous blob, and then as you go through his five senses, he gains eyeballs, he gains a nose, he gains a mouth, and then eventually his whole person is back. He remembers everything. We see depression and alcoholism in one other character we see a person who struggles with their own identity who has created multiple different selves that for each situation that they were in each period of life that they were in and then believes that none of them are who they are anymore so they have to be somebody else it's it's fascinating what they go through
0: it feels like they did a lot of research in this mm-hmm. to be able to accurately represent it because there is a very fine line that can make it a caricature and very disrespectful, but I'm not getting that sense from what they've created.
2: Yeah. this I will say that the second one seemed that they, they had, it felt like they had delved a lot further into the brain as a science, behavioral sciences and psychology and you know just lots of concepts that are from prominent psychological experts I realize that there are a couple of things from the first game that translate into the second game as well that references to uh, Jung the story there yeah Carl Jung the the psychologist or psych- psychiatrist, whatever you want to call them, and the like, the collective unconscious, and in in this game, the the, the archetypes, the the different personalities that the one, that's, that's something that although Jung's was a little bit different in concept, but Raz compared to the first game, he seems to almost have a deeper understanding of what the person he, what what the person who he's exploring the brain of needs, like. Therapy-wise, he'll start explaining. I think you're having an issue with like sensory deprivation, or he'll say, "Be careful. I think you're about to have a panic attack," or he'll he'll say, "Why don't we take this opportunity to take a break and just things like that, just to sort of calm the person whose mind he's in."
1: That's pretty cool. And explain what's going on.
0: I mean, this is almost a, a tool for psychology. The way they're they're treating it, so it's I'm intrigued.
1: It's like with when Pixar did Inside Out and they went into the mm-hmm. like the mental development of a child and all of the things that the main character was going through, all of the the long term and short term memory, the happy, sad, all of those, the psychology that Pixar went through, the research that they did for that for Inside Out felt very similar in this in Psychonauts 2. And I felt like with Raz in the first game, he was going through things so that he could level up and get through and solve all the puzzles. Whereas as soon as he gets to, oh God, the meat circus at the very end, which is, it's so gross, but it's also the hardest level to get through in the entire game. Notorious among people who have played, psych- like,
2: you you just have to say meat circus to somebody who's played Psychonauts and they get this look in and- them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks to Nom <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: like, I'm sorry I just had a PTSD from the meat circus Oh, but like when you get to the meat circus like he starts to realize like past traumas have an effect on who you are today and I think that's reflected in the way he handles things in the new game because in, in Psychonauts 2 one of the first things that he does once he gets to the headquarters is he connects a good idea to a bad idea and that bad idea sends this person off the rails and puts them all in a very dangerous position. Like a whole bunch of people. And he immediately goes, oh, I screwed up. I did a bad thing. I need to fix this and I need to own that I messed up. That's I, what he does.
2: And the thing that I thought was interesting is the fact that after that, every single mind he goes into after that, he asks permission.
1: He asks for yeah. consent to go into the mine. That's a huge thing. I didn't even think of that. That is huge. He asks permission for every other mind after that. Oh my God, that's a great point, Chrissy. Holy crap. I, <laughs> I didn't even it. think of that. It's, it, it's showing how Raz as a character is, is growing. It's showing how you as a player is growing. It's actually showing how the world is growing. That you're not just randomly jumping into somebody's head and futzing with their memories. You're going in and saying, hey, sounds like you have some trouble. Do you mind if I go inside and see if I can help you? He's not saying fix you. He's saying help you. and
0: Which is a significant difference.
1: Yes. He never, in any of the games, says I can fix you. He just knows that there's issues that you're going through. And in going into this character's mind, he has the ability to help that character address the issues that they're feeling Confront the problems associated with it, and maybe start to heal.
0: That's awesome.
1: It's beautiful. It's I, such. I
0: a definitely game. need to check out this game. You guys have sold me. <laughs>
1: it's it's so I I can't stop raving about this game. I still need to 100% it because that's how I do with Psychonauts games. I have to 100%. Yeah, I that's 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 Kelly's favorite thing about games is she must collect all of the things. It's, it's why I like LEGO games. They're so much easier to 100% than anything else. Cool. So right now we've gone through a lot of Psychonauts 2. We've gone over a lot of the aesthetics. We haven't really gone into a lot of the spoilers. Here is the point where we are going to get into the story. We are going to get into the spoilers. So you have been warned, if you don't want to hear any more spoilers about Psychonauts 2, Have a great day. Come back when you're ready to to listen to the rest of this episode. But right now, we're getting into the spoilers. You have been warned.
0: Is there anything else about this that you guys want to to cover before we close off? Because I think we've got a lot of good content.
1: I did want to go into just a little bit about how when Chrissy and I, when we figured out like what mystery we had to solve in this one because there's always a mystery. Like we we started texting each other going like, okay, what do you think? Who's who's the who's the mole? What do you think is going on here? Where are you at? Which brain are you in? And what do you think is going on? Where are the clues pointing to you? And Chrissy and I both had our own our own theories, but my first instinct was Truman is not who he says he is. Yeah my gut was like, nope, it's that's not Truman. Why would he not be talking to his own daughter? He is faking, like, this sleeping coma when his daughter is around, but he's only talking to Rasputin? Why is he talking to Rasputin? What reference does he have for that? He's just trying... No, yeah, um... he, he doesn't know Rasputin. He has no reference for this kid. He doesn't know anything about him. Like, and he just learned that his daughter called him his, her boyfriend. Like, Why, why would he be talking to this rando 10 year old about helping him solve the mystery and get to the bottom of the whole thing and uncover this, this, this mole?
0: That does sound sus.
1: It doesn't make any sense. And what I pointed out during the game was that what Chrissy didn't see because she wasn't, she didn't play Rhombus of Ruin 1.5 is that the fact that Truman was, was kidnapped And they kept his head in this big, weird ball filled with silerium. At the time, he was holding on to this metal box with the Psychonauts logo on it. It was handcuffed to his wrist. Hmm. But I noticed that after he gets to the headquarters, that box is still handcuffed to his wrist. Hmm. And every time you're talking to him, it's there. And later when you talk to Lily, Lily's like, I've... I've like gone into his mind and it doesn't seem right something is off he's he doesn't feel the same and right there right off the bat I was like he's the mole the head Ooh. of the, like, he is the mole and you still don't know because there's like there's there's all of these potential red herrings throughout the game you think that maybe Mia's acting a little funky but not too bad you got Coach Oleander, who was the bad guy in the first one, is definitely still acting sus in this new one. You've got the new head, the, the new head teacher that you're talking to, who's, who you've already been inside her main, mind and you see where things have gone awry. And all of these things are pointing to everybody else. And it's like, ah, but my, my bet, I was like, it's, it's Truman. It's got to be freaking Truman.
2: And then there's, of course, the, main villain of this game, the legendary Maligula, yes.
1: who Maligula. I think we've got to go
2: into. Um, oh yeah. So, just to give some background on that, um, they find out that apparently the, everything that's been going on can be traced back to people trying to bring back this, shall we say, basically water-controlling psychic villain. From 20 years previous who had been thought to have been dead.
1: And somebody who had flooded and destroyed an entire country called Grulovia.
0: So, like, is it groovy? groove?
1: No, Grulovia.
0: No. Oh, okay.
1: G-R-U-L-O-V-I-A. Gotcha. Grulovia! Grulovia!
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> from the looks of what little we get... From it, it seems to sort of be in its own way like playing off of the concept of like Russia, like during the, the 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 coup. Basically what happens, long story short, is there's a war and there are people protesting the war and Maligula is sort of the is, is basically the minister of war at this point and you know she manages to win the war for Grelovia, but then people are are protesting. Still, like, like you know what's been going on with the war. So she starts getting ticked off about that and starts like dealing with the peasants because because the czar that's with a G in this game, G Z A R, is basically telling her we we need to secure my power. We need you need to deal with these people for me. And eventually, it leads to like he starts to see that she's out of control. He gets ready to sort of execute her. Then. Like, they find the executioner, like, dead in the water, and, like, they, they have to run from a coup. And the the heads of the, the, the people who founded the, the Psychonauts are the ones whose brains typically we go into during the game.
1: The and Psychic Six.
2: Yeah. And it turns out that they were originally the Psychic Seven, and their seventh member was Maligula. Mm. And they're the ones that have to defeat her, and allegedly defeated her 20 years ago. And it is revealed throughout the game that she was not killed. That, in fact, Forge Crawler, who is the per- who is sort of your main mentor. mentor in the first game, he's the like the last one to sort of back you up after everybody else has disappeared. It turns out that he hid her and sort of messed with both of their brains so neither of them could remember. So and is he actually turned- a
0: a bad guy? Cause he, I mean, he was originally no. your mentor. No,
2: no, he just, he was just, he was uh, in, love. in love with her and mm. she, and she's not really evil. She's just, she's been sort of
1: twisted. The phrases that were used were that back in the day when they were first, the psychic seven, eventually the Psychic Six, and they were exploring their newfound psychic powers. They had their own little commune, and while they were there, they were exploring, experimenting, and doing crazy things, but in a place of love, where they were surrounded by friends and loved ones and people who cared about you, and so they were peeling back layers and layers and layers to kind of get to this part where they would invoke their their powers, and unfortunately, the war broke out at the same time as when this woman had kind of been broken down to one of her more vulnerable layers. And she was like, my family lives there. I have to go help them. So she left without putting back any kind of safeguards Ooh. to her her mental state. And so when she got to the, the country, Grulovia the Tsar was able to manipulate her and just completely warp her because she didn't have any mental protections. Poor thing. And basically
2: this this inner part of her that they refer to as like sort of a, a primal fight or flight response sort of takes over as just this violent, you know, must kill just completely takes over. Mm-hmm. And her friends are trying to stop her. So what ultimately we find out is that Maligula, originally named Lucretia Mux, actually it has a twin sister yep and and I was suspicious because I noticed that a certain person that I am about to had very similar facial shape to the silhouette of Maligula shown at the beginning of the game, and this made me wonder, and it turned out I was dead on, so that twin sister turns out to be the one that actually died during the grulovian wars and riots in one of the maligulous floods and it turns out that that was actually rasputin's grandmother oh
0: so it's all connected
2: it turns out that ford basically did some brainwashing some rearranging of memories and rasputin finds out that his grandmother is actually his great-aunt Lucretia. Hmm. So this little tiny frail old lady who's there with the rest of his family in the campgrounds used to be a friggin' psychotic water-bending murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and...
1: Ass murderer.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the rest of the game is about trying to figure out how to help her. Okay. And- then we find out that, indeed, the mole was Truman, yep, and that, in fact, the brain his, his brain has been swapped with... We have not mentioned this person yet, but there is a body that is mailed to the Psychonauts that belongs to the, the male... male guy. The, 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 the guy who runs the male department, who is he's not called,
1: psychic. He's called Nick John Smith. Okay. And, and by the way, he's voiced... By Elijah Wood. Oh, dear. Elijah's been having
0: some strange projects recently, so that makes sense. I
1: didn't know it was him until Chrissy told me after I had finished the game. And I was like, what? Frodo? Frodo is this guy? (laughs) No! (laughs) I have to play the game again.
2: And so we find out that his brain is actually inside Truman's head. And it turns out that this guy
1: is the son of the Tsar of Grulovia. Hmm. His name is not Nick John Smith. It the is Zazarovich is... Gristol Malik. Yep. Okay. Now... Spoiled brat. Spoiled yeah, he's, brat.
2: He's trying to get back Maligula because he thinks that he will help him take back his country so that he can live his high life as a prince again, basically. Going back to the name Rasputin, I thought that this was an interesting storyline to go through because if you look at the timeline with Maligula, in this case, Maligula is the right hand man of the Tsar who is about to face a coup. She is sort of his. She has a very similar position to the original Grigori Minovich Rasputin. Yeah, interesting. She is she is the the soothsayer, the magic person, the right-hand man in the middle of all this turmoil going on in a very Russia-like country.
1: And mm-hmm. you have a missing heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. In Crystal instead very of Anastasia, so. you have Crystal. And yeah. Crystal turns out to be the anti-Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. And the
2: thing that's funny is that one thing that I've often mentioned is that from from what i've found i can't really find any information that confirms that rasputin the original rasputin was actually like conspiring against the royal family at all he's portrayed a lot as evil and i'm i'm not sure where that really comes from i mean
0: i he scared the peasants because they didn't understand him and he was mostly right. about showmanship science and sex. Right. And I mean, he was famous for saying he only makes decisions when his belly is full and his balls are empty, so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, my point was going to be just basically that you could say that in that way just the fact that like somebody who's hyped up to have been more evil and nasty than they actually were that that could also be Something about Maligula. I mean, don't get me wrong; she was she was dangerous, but you know she just she
1: needed help. Very interesting. It was a great thing. This one dealt a lot more with family than the first one did, because Rasputin had his entire circus family comes to the headquarters and is just kind of camping out, going, "Oh, we'll just put up our circus here and we'll we'll attract a crowd in the questionable area." And we'll we'll start making some money back. And and the whole point of him running away from the circus in the first place was the fact that they were very anti-psychic. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The family was was one hundred percent anti psychic because psychics were what they called fortune tellers. Okay. They're like an evil fortune teller told us that our family would die in a flood, would die in water. So and their last name is Aquato. So okay. It's- kind of like they were a water family <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it turns out that that was part of the the
2: memory manipulation by ford the, mm-hmm. the guy who was in love with lucretia and that there was no curse they just just he gave lucretia a water phobia because you know maligula is a, a water user it's better if she just stays away from the water and, and because
1: they and because they instilled this this fear of fortune tellers, this anger towards this woman who cursed their family many many years ago, they've been very anti-psychic. Even though almost half to ma- the majority of their family actually has these psychic powers that they just don't talk about until this this game. And it's interesting seeing the father suddenly like really embrace his psychicness, and he's like. Oh so show me how to do this how do i burn it And he's like oh you press your temp your your fingers to your temple like this like, press a little harder <laughs> it's just it's is weird and goofy and he's like oh is am i doing it oh that's i i'm doing it i'm i'm lighting this this thing on fire oh no that's my hand my hand is smoking and it's like what <laughs> but it's really it was really cool because they they had a lot more family involved in this and it wasn't just blood family it was found family as well because the psychic seven were also a found family and yeah. i thought that those relationships were really important and they really solidified that
0: that's awesome i mean to me it sounds like this was a very well done sequel which i know a lot of them especially ones that make you wait years and years can often be disappointments but this one they can
1: sounds like it wasn't I would say that this was definitely a success. There are things that I wish they had done differently, but all in all, I loved it.
0: It's awesome. Agreed. And you've already said you're gonna be playing through it
1: again, so <laughs> I gotta go through it again because I got to get my hundred. I got <laughs> The other
2: The other thing about this game is that even if you've already played it, one thing about the first game is even after you had already played it through one time, you might play it a second time and come upon a random scene that you never even could have possibly thought existed in the first game, and you uncover this entire vignette of just this, this whole side story where, like, oh, so this person, this this camper is in love with this camper, but that camper's going on with that game. What's going on here? Uh-oh, there's something. They're arguing about something. Oh. Oh, he's holding him over the river. What's going on here? (laughs) Just
1: Yeah. And there's there's this whole there's in Psychonauts 1 there was this whole bullying subplot. Yeah, there were two campers who were like just the sweetest, happiest
2: little, little little chipper babies in the world, and but everybody was annoyed by them because they were like cheerleaders and they were always like cheering people on and they were just found them so annoying and they're actually before they get kidnapped they're
1: actually trying to figure out a way to kill themselves to teach the other campers a lesson
0: oh my goodness but you,
1: and and also at the very beginning of when you start to learn that you don't know that they're trying to kill themselves you think that they're trying to kill the other campers
2: you see them mixing like poison you you see and you see them like standing on top of a roof talking about how they're they're gonna teach them a lesson how they're the world's gonna
1: end for them soon and Tomorrow they'll all be over. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> like, really <laughs> creepy. Like, don't worry. It's almost over. By tomorrow morning, everyone will know. Like, some weird, weird shit like that. It's, it, it's creepy and hilarious. Like, you don't know that they were trying to kill themselves until towards the end. I know on my most recent playthrough of Psychonauts 1, I... Because I was go- looking through the trophies that I had never actually fulfilled, I noticed that there is a trophy for finding out that Bobby Zilch, the main bully of this stupid game, <laughs> he's a weird looking kid. It has a crush on this girl who thinks that she's from another planet. Uh-huh. If you follow along the story, follow along their story enough, you can see them kind of start to kindle their relationship. And it's it's weirdly cute and creepy. <laughs> yeah the thing where he like he like tells Mills to beat it that whole thing that plus, if you actually go up into where Coach oldanders classroom was, he's mm-hmm. hanging out with her and they're fiddling with the uh, the radio, dial- radio. yeah called her her uh, spaceship to come and get her.
2: Yeah.
1: can't you see we're busy? Oh my mm-hmm. goodness <laughs> and in this one, I haven't unlocked all of the different relationships yet. I've tried to go through and and get some of the side quests done, but In the first game, there was a point of no return. There was literally a moment where as soon as you got to a specific brain, when you came out of that brain, the sun had gone down. It was nighttime. You couldn't do any of the things that you could during the day. Hmm. And then like you could still access a lot of other things. But then once you get to the insane asylum and get to a certain level of that building, which is, again, in itself, Escher-esque. You can no longer go back to the summer camp to complete any of those side tasks. And then there's a final moment after you think you've solved everything where there's a big screen that flashes up on your your TV that says, point of no return, save now, you cannot go back, you cannot access previous saves from this point on. Oof. And so... When Chrissy and I started playing Psychonauts 2, both of us were like, I'm afraid <laughs> to do this next bit because I don't want to not be able to go back. <laughs> we were like, "There's got to be another point of no return. Oh, no. Because in, in order to progress with the story, you have to go into Ford Cruller's mind. And Ford at this point has split himself in three because his mind is not what it used to be. He's kind of psycho. And he is a bowling alley attendant, mail clerk, and a barber. Barber. He is a barber. Oh god, I think I blocked that one out. It's the lice. The lice in that game were not fun. And you have to go into each of the three minds to kind of put the pieces of himself back together to find out what the secret is to progress. And... So at this point, you can't really go forward. I've done two of them and I didn't want to do the third. So I'm literally going around all of the outer worlds. I can't go into anybody else's brain right now because I'm trying just to collect all of the other things because I know as soon as I fix his brain, everything's going to start getting hyped up to 11 and I'm not going to be able to go back. But that wasn't the case because I Googled it and they said, while there is a point where the story starts going very linearly and you can't really turn around to come back to some of the other things. Once you've finished the story, you are able to go back and complete those other side quests that you did not get to. Yeah,
2: but here's the thing, Kelly. Finishing mm-hmm. the story is my end point. So I understand, when you t- but when that you I'm percent I know, but when you told me that it was fine, I'll, I continued and all of a sudden i'm like wait what i can't go back but you (laughs) said so i told
1: you it was gonna go linearly i i didn't
2: realize what you meant by that but i thought you just meant that there wasn't gonna be i i didn't understand what you meant by linearly but i was i just i was frustrated because i'm just like i can't
1: go back to the questionable area i still need to find all the creepies well now you can yeah i did oh good yeah there's it's I, my God, we could sit here and talk about this game for the next <laughs> several hours. It's a great game. It's so pretty. And it's so interesting. If you don't like teeth, that's one of the things that you're going to see at the very beginning. There's a lot of, of of weird oral stuff that happens at the very beginning. <laughs> <you're> <laughs> Sorry. Not I mean... that way. Get your mind out the gutter. We haven't even mentioned Lobato. Yeah, Lobato is a big thing. Lobato is a dude who wears a shower cap and has a claw for one hand. And he is a... Not really a dentist, but kind of a dentist.
0: That's concerning.
1: He's a self-proclaimed dentist. Yeah. And he's all about, like, pulling teeth and stuff like that. He's got braces. And so when you're in his mind at the very beginning, there's a lot of... Mouth stuff. Tooth like teeth everywhere, like things being pulled and bleh. so if you have an issue with teeth, that's gonna be a big thing at the very beginning. Go and it vomit. does it gives you a, a trigger warning about teeth at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, but didn't it did not give me a trigger warning about the goat vomit. That was frustrating. <laughs> yeah.
2: Goat that puppets was vomiting at you. Gross. Vomited. Just just bleh. and then you have to pick out pieces of the vomit to find Bit, bits of food for another guy to use in a recipe
1: yeah it's, it's gross and then in the Psyching thing where you're climbing up like strings of snot it <laughs> it's gross oh goodness but it's so pretty I don't know how they do it
0: <laughs> moderately disturbed still gonna play the game but also Good. cautious
1: <laughs> it's, it's gross
2: but it's worth it if, was, when, if you say so. When
1: they started, I liked when they started the game, they were basically reminding you, hey, you remember these powers that you had? You still have them. Just remember how to use them. So it's still picking up from the last game. It's not a re-training like you see in a lot of these sequels where they're mm-hmm. like, in order to aim the gun, press A. And like, like, I know, I just played this game, you know, kind of thing. Because yeah. it's been 16 years. The controls are basically the same, but... They're just, you can pick it up if you've never played any of the previous games and it still feels fluid, but also if you have played the previous game, it's still telling you like, hey, you remember this? Come on, just show us that you know how to do it and continue. We'll move fast through this. So if you already know, you move through that section really fast. If you don't know, it's kind of like your basic training and it takes you just a little bit longer. And that's not bad. It's actually really well done. Really well done.
0: Again, I want to say it sounds like they did an impressive job with this. And it's going to go on the the books as one of
1: the better done sequels. This is our love letter to Psychonauts and Tim (laughs) Schaefer.
2: Yes. Tim, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. You have given us many, many happy hours. And will still give us more because I'm going back. Oh yeah, playing these games all the time, and I'd imagine that he's going to have more great titles in the
1: future. I mean, I think it's
2: pretty much a given. He I seems to be—he heard... seems prolific.
1: Yeah, I think I heard something about there being another Brutal Legend, but Ooh. I cannot confirm. Did, Did I send Brutal Christine Legend is my just... other favorite? I know it's your other favorite. <laughs> brutal Legend is a game where Jack Black is a main character, and you get sucked into this heavy metal album cover hellscape. And I've, I've seen, like, a clip from it. It's really interesting.
2: I'm really I'm glad that they
1: they had the option to turn off the blood. Yeah. Because
2: that's that, really gross. Yeah, I will say, like, if you think Psychonauts is gross, Brutal Legend has been gross. But yeah, Tim Schafer has
1: done some amazing stuff. The 16 years has been worth it.
0: It's awesome. Well, and it feels like this has been very educational for me. I hope it's been educational for our our listeners. I definitely am going to check out the game and see if I get as sucked in as it sounds like you two have, but I loved hearing your thoughts on this and kind of that realization about the importance of consent. All of those I think are highlights here. So anything else to add before we draw this session to a close?
1: No. Psychonauts was awesome.
2: Woo! <laughs> Psychonauts is
1: available on many different consoles now. <laughs> Perfect I think ad. It's even on, I think it's even on the PC. I don't know. I know Psychonauts 1 is. I don't know about Psychonauts 2, but I think it is.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Chrissy, for being our first official guest on Chronic Media Yay. Consumption. What do you think? How do you like it?
2: I I think I had a good conversation today. I think
1: this was enjoyable
2: and I'm glad to be your first guest.
0: Awesome. Yay. We'll we'll probably bring you back in the future. So uh, thank you for joining us. And again, uh, thank you for joining this special Psychonauts focused episode of Chronic Media Consumption. We will be back in a couple weeks with another interesting analysis of all of the lovely media we consume. As always, I am Michelle.
1: I'm Kelly. Thank you. And bye (laughs) bye Bye! Do you have suggestions for our next topic? Is there something we might have missed? Or would you just like to comment on the show? Join the conversation on Twitter at chronic underscore media, on Instagram at chronic underscore media pod, or email us at chronicmediaconsumption at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.